Father, that's the cry of our heart this morning. God, we want to know you more. We want to know your heart. And Father, we pray that as your people, God, that you would move on our hearts. God, speak to our hearts this morning as we hear your word. And God, let us be surrendered. God, let us be in tune with you. And God, we pray that you would just move on us this morning. Change us into your image, Lord. God, we love you and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Luke chapter 12 is a parable that we're going to call the bigger barn folly. Luke chapter 12. Today we begin a, a group of messages and lessons and worship services, last for two or three weeks, that have to deal with stewardship. And so uh, I kind of laughed a while ago. I was thinking for those who this perhaps may be your first time visiting our church, you're going to leave thinking all that preacher does is speak about money. <laughs> but uh, it's that time of year, and we have a project going on. And so today I'm going to introduce that project to a little degree, to a small degree, just a real surface uh, part of that. And then our uh, team that has worked on some fundraising ideas and different things, they will be sharing the next few weeks and talking about the remodeling project that's going on, as you can see, in our uh, youth building that has been designated youth building some time ago. That building has been used for all kinds of things throughout the years. At one time, it was our children's building, and we had classrooms in there. There was classrooms on the bottom floor all divided up. And then we built our children's building. Then we took those classrooms out, and it's been a youth a recreational area. It's been all kinds of things. Uh, there, we, had, uh, we studied that building for a long time, and we had some ideas that surfaced, and we put some plans to and some uh, documents that helps people bid on things. And, and to do what would be a real, true renovation of that place, it was going to be very, very expensive. And so none of the elders believed that that was a good idea. I agreed with them. It was way too much money for that building. Uh, frankly, probably with that cost in mind, it had been better to knock the thing down and build from scratch. It might have been cheaper in the long run to do that. But... Um, so we have regrouped, and through the last year or so, we've surfaced with an idea to, to, to really dress it up a lot. But honestly, from my point of view, the best thing about it is to make it more useful to us. If, um, if you ever taught in there, you know how difficult it is to teach, especially in the bottom floor because of the noise situation, because of the lighting, and because of the surroundings to it. It's just the walls reverberated and things like that. It's just a hard place to, to hold a class or a group meeting. And so it really needs to have some things done to it to make it more useful. And so that's what is going on. So um, there's enough money in the bank to pay for it and what the plan is now to fix up. Um, and so what is going on, the work that's being done and is being paid for out of the money that we already have available to us in the bank account. And the purpose of raising money for it and what we're going to be asking you to give towards uh, is to repay back the money that we already have in the bank account to, to pay for the remodeling of it. 
already some work is being done. Asbestos had to be taken out, of course. It was built in the 50s, so asbestos is everywhere. That costs a lot of money. Electrical things have got to be put in. That costs lots of money. It's got to be brought up to code. It's going to be ADA certified on the bottom floor. It's going to have the it's going to have some uh, uh, a shower in there. So one of the good things that, that we can use this building for, uh, when we uh, lost our showers that we had back here, when we remodeled our kitchen area, uh, we were no longer a, um, a disaster uh, location. And we had been a, lo a disaster location that we were able to do some ministry throughout the time of uh, hurricanes, Katrina, we had some folks from Katrina, we had some folks from, from uh, the one before Harvey, I believe, and, um, it, but when you, don't, when you lose your showers, they won't let you be a, a governmental, you know, type uh, housing place, so we weren't able to minister to people with that, but we're going to have showers back in this so that we can, uh, we can get back on the list of any kind of disaster that happens, we'll be able to take care of people, you know, I, I, I've thought about that situation for a long time. One of the things that I think is a disaster possibility around us is a fire. You know, there's been fires that just swept through this part of the world and lots of people lose their homes. And I thought we would have no way to be able to let people come take a shower, to let people have some time away and to get out of the situation. So we're gonna be able to do that. So those things are gonna be going on, but the money is already in our bank account. We're just gonna, hopefully replace that with uh, your giving in the next uh, year or so towards that program, okay? So let me see if I've said everything that I wanted to say about that today. And let me just share with you, I know you got lots of questions. And next week, um, the group will begin the presentation. I think all your questions will be answered. And if you, if you don't get your questions answered, then you'll need to ask them and, and they will do that. You can ask me and I'll share with you what I know. Okay, so uh, we have the money in the bank. We're working on it. We're going to spend that money to remodel it and get it back where it needs to be. There's going to be some uh, uh, minor changes to the structure of the building, uh, but it's most importantly, it's going to look better, but most importantly, it's going to be more useful uh, for our ministry to young people. Okay, all right. So, Talking about stewardship. Stewardship is a word that simply means that we're managers of what God has given us. Okay? Now, none, nothing, our banking account, our property is not ours. It's the Lord's. The Lord owns it all. And that's one of the important pieces of stewardship. Now, to begin our series, um, I think the Apostle Paul was very transparent about how he handled money himself. And I've, I've often wondered that. I hear a preacher on TV or in a conference like that. I wonder, does the preacher practice what he preaches? Get that coffee. Don't let that coffee spill. Um, sorry. Um, but you dropped it, so. <laughs> They're all going, it's Audra, it's Audra. It was Jason did that, right? That's right. So... Um, I always wonder, does the preacher practice what he preaches? Isn't that a good question? Don't you have that question? I wonder if old Lee, if he practiced what he preaches. You know, does he practice what he preaches? In that, especially when it comes to money. Does he practice what he preaches about tithing and offering? So I, I just thought that's a good question. I would want to have that question answered. I would want to know. 
And so let me share with you uh, my giving practices that uh, we do, that I, I want you to know that I, I think that I practice what I preach. Susan and I tithe. We have tithed forever. I don't know a time after I understood what tithe was, I didn't tithe. I believe a tithe is, which is true, it's not that I believe it, but this is what it is, a tithe is 10% of what you make. And so I believe that the tithe from the Old Testament, Malachi talks about it, the place talk about it. Jesus did not talk about tithing, but he talked about something beyond tithing, and that's what my understanding is, that 10% is that minimal giving, okay? And I believe that I and Susan... Susan and I should give 10% of what we make to the church. So what we do is we have our, we have a Southwest airline card, uh, and we have an automatic deduction every single, every single month that money comes out of our Southwest card and goes to the church, um, at the first of every month. And we're taking out 10% of what we make. Now, the reason why we're doing the Southwest card is so we can go see grandkids. Bottom line. Just want you to know, total dis, uh, disclosure there, we put, on a, we put on a credit card. So I'm one of those guys that's costing the church some money. So I took it as a perk that we'll use those points to go see grandkids when it's time to go. So we give a tithe. We also give offerings. Now, a tithe is 10% that goes to the church, the church at Cross here, so we can do work. But we also do, um, we also do offerings, and offerings is something that we would give apart from our tithe. Offerings we give to uh, Cullen and Katie Welch for the work they do at Tech with Crew. We give monthly to Elizabeth's Voice so that, uh, by the way, Amy leaves this weekend to go back for three uh, weeks there in Uganda, but so that we can care for the families there in Uganda. And so we give to that. Uh, we also give to Compassion International. And our plan, uh, our giving goes to a young girl, young little lady in Indonesia. And we also give on a regular basis when, when people are going on a trip, when people are doing mission work, when people have a need, uh, as, as a time comes up, we give money to that. Our hope and goal is that at the end of time, when I stand before the judgment seat, that my eternal bank account will be in better shape than my earthly bank account. That's what I hope happens. And I believe very seriously when Jesus says, lay up your, store, your treasures in heaven. Don't build up treasures here on earth where moth and rust can destroy. And so I'm not very wealthy when it comes to earthly wealth. My banker probably scratches his head with my banking account, and that's okay. He ain't making money off me. Uh, he's making money off others, and, and uh, I, he just lets me have a banking account so I can manage money, I guess, and go through there. Uh, but at the end of the day, that's our hope and plan, that uh, we don't owe anybody anything, but that we aren't really... We don't have a big earthly nest egg. And, and frankly, I believe that Jesus pays a lot better dividend than what I'm experiencing the SAP 500. Now, I don't know who S is, and I don't know who P is, and I don't know what the 500 companies are, but I think Jesus is doing a better job than they're doing. I, that's all I got to say about that. So that's what I'm doing. Okay.
Now, some things about stewardship that you need to ask yourself a question. One is, what do you value? And what you spend money on determines where your treasure is. That's what Jesus has to say in his word. You need to ask yourself the question, are you tithing? Do the numbers, do the simple arithmetic. Are you being faithful with, with, with what God is allowing you to have to live on? Jesus says you can be earthly rich and eternally poor. And if you think about the difference between the time we have here on the earth and the time that we are going to have in eternity, I think you have to admit that's a real poor choice that you would be earthly rich and eternally poor. Jesus says it is foolish to hold tight to what you have acquired. Jesus says that your earthly life and earthly treasures can be taken away from you as soon as today. So it's really foolish to hold on to things. Jesus says that the desire to build bigger barns for your own enjoyment and satisfaction is very foolish when you are not rich towards God. Luke chapter 12, verse 13. <clears throat> Jesus just mind his own business, by the way. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brothers to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, Man, who made me a judge or arbiter over you? Arbitrator over you. And he said to them, listen to what Jesus said to the people that heard this question who are surrounding Jesus at this time. Jesus says, take care, be careful. That word take care means be careful, be alert. That's something that's really important to us there. Take care, be careful, don't be careless about your life. Don't be on autopilot, don't be reactionary. Take care and be on your guard against all covetousness. Now, that word is greed. So Jesus says to the man and others that are listening, take care, be careful about this, be on your guard against all greed, greed. Greed is a real problem for mankind. We struggle with greed. Greed is all around us. People are harmed by greed. Money is a blessing and a great useful thing. And, and money is not the root of all evil. The word clearly says that the love of money is the root of all evil. So money is a help or it's a hazard. And you see that going on. Be on guard. Be alert. Be careful. Guard yourself against all greed. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. Jesus taught a whole lot about money. Because he knew that money would be one of our struggles. It would always be a struggle. We are going to struggle with money. We struggle with money. Every single day we are bombarded in the news with this hidden struggle between philosophies about how to help other people. 
You've got one side that is leaned towards socialism, and you've got the Republican side, Democrats with the socialists, and the Republicans with the capitalists, right? And you've got two things going on. Now, socialism or democracy or de democratic party, that socialist ideas without the gospel and, and, and without Jesus is going to be corrupted by greed because man can't handle that. The bureaucracy in all the socialist company, countries, they are eat up with power and hunger to be in charge. And, and there's an unbelievable amount of greed in those countries as they manage all that tax money on behalf of all the people. It's a very dangerous thing. However, socialism with the gospel and with Jesus is not so bad because the needs are being met and the greed is able to be checked. Now, capitalism without Jesus and the gospel is a bad thing because of greed. And you see that. And, and one of the real struggles between the Democrats and Republicans today is that Democrats, and it says tax the wealth, really what they're saying is we don't trust greedy rich people. That's what they're saying with that. And of course, on the capitalist side, the Republicans, the people there, they're saying, trust us to do the right thing with our money. And they says, well, we don't trust you the right thing. We want to manage that money on the behalf of all the people. And, and on this side over here, they're saying, aha, but we create jobs and we do this. And so you need to trust us. And so there's a real miss, there's a disconnect that there's just, it's almost like the Israel-Palestinian struggle. It's just not going away. Because it's like two ships crossing in the night. They blow a horn. They don't really see each other. And there's a lot of horn blowing, and there's no real connecting about what's going on. However, now capitalism without Jesus and the gospel is eat up with greed. And it's a, I believe it's a real hazard for our country. But capitalism with Jesus and with the gospel is a wonderful thing. You see, what Jesus, what I believe that Jesus teaches is make as much money as you can and give away as much money as you can. I believe that's the message of Jesus. Jesus never teaches us about which political party we should follow or be a part of. Never does say it. Matter of fact, Republicans and Democrats, whether they want to believe this or not, weren't even around in Jesus' day. Jesus had a, a whole other animal to deal with, with the Romans and with the Jewish government that was there. And so we as believers in Christ, I think we need to understand what is our philosophy about money, about wealth, about ownership or lack of ownership would be Jesus is speaking about that. And so he says here, be very careful against greed. And the reason why I, I brought up the political thing this morning is because I want you to see that two opposing viewpoints, and I think those two viewpoints are, are at opposite ends of the spectrum these days, that 
without a proper relationship with money, neither way is right. Neither way is right. And so it's very important, I believe, that we need to have a proper relationship with money. Okay? And so I think this is a good lesson for that. Very quickly, verse 15. Take care against greed. One's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. And then it says in verse 16, And he told them a parable, saying, The land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, What shall I do, for I have nowhere to store my crops? Okay. Now, the first order of business here is that the farmer wrongly believes that it's his land and his crops. We can't own land, you see. We don't own land. You say, but I've got a deed. I've got the paperwork that shows that I own the house. I own the land. It's bought and paid for. I own the business. I own this. I own that. No, you really don't. You may think you do, but you don't. And this tells us why that is so. And so this wealthy man that's a good farmer that obviously works hard and he's got land that produces a fine crop and it is producing in a big time. His harvest is a bumper crop every year and it's going well. And he thinks to himself, and that's always a good thing. And, and we need to be careful that whenever, you know, King David, when David reasoned with himself and he thought the very best thing I can do is go live with the, the enemy. We know that he was off, he was out of his mind at that point. And here we have this rich farmer thinking about all this and thinking to himself, I know what I'll do. He said, I will do this in verse 18. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. It's all mine anyway. It's all mine. I have the right to do with what is mine. And so, sounds practical, sounds logical. And so, you've got a good harvest coming in. You just build yourself bigger barns and store it, and you're set. And that's what he wants. He wants to be set. He says in verse 19, And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. And so he's going to sit back and drink ice tea and not work. He's going to pour it all in those bigger barns, and he's going to have enough that he doesn't have to be part of God's economy system anymore. He's got it made. But God said to him, fool, what God said, fool, nincompoop, knucklehead, fool, this night your soul is required of you. That's why you don't own it. It can be taken away. I mean, you don't own anything that you can be removed from quickly. Do you? I don't own anything. God owns it. It's not mine, it's the Lord's. He's just letting me live there for a while. He's letting me manage the dollars that he sends through me. It's not my money. It's not your money. 
Your land is not yours. Your house is not yours. Your business is not yours. If you own your company or it's in, the, it's in writing you own your company, you don't own that. It's the Lord's. And it can be taken away from you. So we don't own anything. And he says to this man very bluntly, you fool, this night your soul is acquired of you and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So it is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. So the bigger barn folly. Think about this. You know, building a bigger barn, storing all your grain in there, and then not planning next year. Sounds good, doesn't it? Sit by the beach, drink your nice cold beverage, iced tea or whatever your choice is, lay back. That sounds like the best plan, but who's that the best plan for? The rich farmer. Is that God's will? No. What does God say to him? You fool. You're so off bearing. You're so off target. You're, you're, so, you're so far lost on the compass. How about this rich farmer who I have blessed with the ability, God would say, to, to, to harvest such a plentiful crop that I have given the ability to own this land and manage this land. How about this? Keep the barns the same size they are and fill up your barns. Fill up your barns. Go ahead, fill up your barns. But the rest of the harvest, why don't you give? Why don't you give? Isn't that what Jesus is laying out for us here today? I mean, you think you're going to have it all for yourself? You don't own this. That's a mistake. I've got you in business for a purpose beyond you. And that purpose is to do my work and to do my bidding out there in this world. You're there to, to help put the money together to help support the kingdom's work. Wouldn't it be a great deal that you would trust me with future harvests? And that you would sow year after year after year and reap a harvest and, and, and fill up the barns you have that are big enough for you and for your people and for your time. And then you trust me with the rest and, and you give that to me and see what I do with it. And all the peoples whose lives will be touched because of your stewardship. Now, the question that we all need to ask ourselves, and it is a personal question between us and God, how big a barn do we need? How big a barns do we need? How much money do we need for us? That's a real interesting conversation. That number is different for different people. How much do I need to keep in a savings account? How much do I want to invest for that rainy day? How much do I need to hold on to for me? For me, we need to be questioned. We need to be careful that we are not full of greed. We need to be careful that God doesn't come to us and say, you knucklehead, your soul is required of you. Who's going to have your money then? 
What good is it to invest in this world and lay up your treasures for yourself and not in heaven? That's what Jesus wants of us. Now, your giving is very much appreciated. I don't know if you know that or not. I recognize that your giving is between you and the Lord. And, and folks, we, we're just blessed every year here. We're blessed that we can continue the work. We're blessed that we can do all the mission work that we do. We're just blessed. This is a blessed place. I mean, I, 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 would, I would stack up any church our size that does as much outside of this place as we do. I, I just, I, I mean, it's a, it's a true joy and blessing. And, and you basically are very faithful, by and large, with, with God. God allows you to manage. And we can say that by every year, our offerings are, the, you know, we, we, uh, we're just blessed with that. And so your giving is very much appreciated. Now, your giving makes it possible for us to do what God's assigned to us. We have work to do in our Jerusalem, would be our locale. We have work to do in our Judea. We have work to do in our Samaria. And we have work to do in the rest of the world. And we're able to do that because of your faithfulness and your giving. So it's very much appreciated. It helps us to do what God's called us to do. And I, I want to share something else with you too because We'll be moving forward and be talking more about raising money to pay for our building over there. I'm thankful that we never have to have a dog and pony show to raise money. We just don't have to do it here. We never have done it here from my perspective since I've been here. We just simply say what the need is, what the challenge is, what we need to do, and it just, the Lord takes care of it. And, and I, I believe that this statement is true, and it's been very true of our place, that if we just say the right thing, if we just tell the truth, if we'll just show what the need is, God's people always do the right thing. And I believe that's a true picture of this congregation. So I want to close today by thanking you. And by challenge you to ask yourself the question, based on this story that Jesus shares, how big a barn do you need? Are you faithful with what God has given you? Are you responsible with what he's placing in your hands? Also, possibility, a challenge, a goal, of maybe a mindset change. I think they call that a paradigm shift or something. How about make as much money as you can so that you can give away as much money as you can for the glory of God. Keep the barns you got. Fill them up. And then all that God blesses you with beyond that, just give it away and trust him for next year. There'll be another crop. He's faithful. There'll be more business. There'll be more income. He's faithful. Thoughts to consider. Lord, help us today to, to consider bigger barns, to consider stewardship, 
to consider this parable. And, 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 and may we line up before you in a good position towards what you've given us to live on. In Jesus' name, amen. Ushers, come on. Ushers. <laughs>